Let me say this, that, that, that you all know, if you've been around her a long time, you know Karina is a gem. I want to say that the, this thing about honor in the Bible is a big deal, and about how we honor someone who speaks so that we receive more is a big deal. And what that really means is just receiving them for who they are. And so for Karina, you just need to know she's, gonna, she's, gonna, she's a pastor at heart. She's a true shepherd. She's going to be tenderizing your heart. So in order to honor her, just get your heart ready and let your heart be touched. Amen? So Karina, come on up. This is Karina Lau. Love you guys. Hi, Christian. Love that guy. Okay. To just say my highs. I was getting my stuff out of my bag and I had lettuce fall out. I've been eating so many salads lately. I feel like I'm going to turn into a rabbit, but anyway, that's just me. And I was like, oh, lovely. Where do I put this? Okay. Anyway, don't let me fool you. I eat lots of french fries also. But. Um, yeah, okay, it's 7.54. All right, keep track of time. Um, so yeah, the elders went away last weekend, and um, we had a really good time of worship and praying together and just seeking God. And um, one thing that kept coming up for us is, um, is just getting back to Jesus and preaching about Jesus and um, we talked on the way up, Susan and Suzanne and I, about Suzanne was asking these great questions like, what does revival look like? And, um, you know, Susan was like, it's, revival looks like softened hearts. And um, so as we're praying for this revival, and we all know it's coming, and it already is coming, we're already in it in many ways, um, I, it starts with us. And I loved Bill's... Um, email. I didn't get to hear the message. I don't know if it's up. I'm sure it is, but I loved what you said in the, the weekly email. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. And he, he kind of was just putting fire under us to, um, to go and to stop being passive, like Favor said. And um, so with that, um, as, as people are coming in and we're going out and pouring out the love of God to people, we really need to get it for our hearts first. And so I'm going to just talk to you about that. Uh, Todd made me a fancy little slideshow. He's really great at graphics. <laughs> really awesome. So I'm going to talk about the passion and the justice of Jesus and the joy of our salvation. Yeah, I saw that, Ronnie. Thank you. Yes. I love our young adults. They're amazing. Um, actually, before I do that, there's a, a guy in a blue sweatshirt in the second to the last row. Yeah, you, that's kind of turning around. What's your name? Fred. Fred, I saw you climbing up this mountain, and you, were, you, weren't, you thought maybe you were kind of halfway, but I saw you almost at the very top and saw that you really have been very steadfast and very faithful and that um, you have gone through some challenges, but that there is such a prize there for you. And the Father just wants you to know how proud he is of you. I just so sense the Father's love for you, and he was just smiling down on his boy. He's like, that's my beloved son in whom I'm so pleased. So I feel like he wants to highlight you and for you to know that you're so seen. 
bless you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, in Jeremiah 2 says, I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. So basically what he's saying is you fell head over heels in love with me. You didn't have to have all the answers. And you said, I'm going to follow you anyway. I don't need to know, but I'm going to follow you. I choose to follow you, Jesus. There's a reason why David prayed, restore the joy of my salvation. There's a reason why he prayed that, because we need to continually make sure our hearts are soft, that we're not just going through the motions of life, because that is no fun. And getting back to that place where you first looked at Jesus, where you first looked in his eyes and you saw that look of approval. You guys remember? For me, I was 18. For some of you, you were little guys. Maybe you grew up in the church. Maybe um, you were real little. Maybe you're a teenager. But getting back to remembering how he looked at you. And um, I've been volunteering at this safe house for... um, survivors of trafficking for about five years now and it's been such a great incredible time but there is a woman she is so precious she um every time I see her she sings my name or if we're going to do something she's always singing she goes through the house singing she's so precious but she was literally rescued from the pit and she she says wow Jesus you saved me and Um, there's this joy that bubbles up in her. And every time I see her, I'm like, wow, I want to get back to that place where it's so fresh and so new and remembering what Jesus saved me from. So she's such a, she really ministers to my heart. Um, Ephesians uh, 2, verse 4 through 8 says, but God who is so rich in mercy, that's my favorite phrase, I always stop right there, he's so rich in mercy, he doesn't lack in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us, can point to all of you in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace, of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with him. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. I love that scripture <laughs> and um, I hope you can see yourself in that. That, you know, love often requires a choice, and Jesus chose you, and he chose the cross, and it was his passion that he went to the cross so that he could have a relationship with you. So always go back to the passion. When you pause and you go back to the why, why Jesus did what he did for you specifically, you're guaranteed to fall more in love with him. And what's the point in everything we're doing if we're not doing it from a place of being madly in love with Jesus? I mean, we don't want to do it out of being just functional or this is, you know, what Jesus tells us to do in the Bible. It has to be, like Favor said, it has to be that overflow of, of your heart because you can't help yourself. Like Brent and Suzanne and Russ, they, could, they can't help themselves when they're out. They feel the Father's love and they can't help but pour it back out. But it happens here first, Right? 
So um, let's see what time is. I want to, I've shared my testimony several times, but I'm going to do it again because I love boasting about the goodness of God and what he's done in my life and how I should be dead right now, but I'm not, I'm here. So I'm going to share it again and there's new faces. So you get to hear it again. (laughs) So um, when I was about, uh, I'm a twin um, and that's, I don't know just felt to say that. But anyway, when I was about seven, <laughs> my parents got divorced. Um, and my dad, um, he's gay and he now is married. He's been with the same partner for about 30 some plus years. Um, at that time, I, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, I was just always kind of sad girl. Um, by the time I became a teenager, um, some, something really bad happened when I was 13, and that caused me to believe that I was just didn't have any worth, and I felt really dirty and really just ashamed of who I was. And so um, when I was about 14, um, I met this, this young man, and he started telling me how great I was and told me all these things that I needed to hear at that time. It was shallow, empty words because I didn't know Jesus at all. Um, and so he, he said all these things, and so it started out great, but over time, I was with him for about four years. During that time, he became very abusive, very physically, emotionally abusive. Um, I did things, and things were done to me that were really traumatic. Um, I, I felt very depressed. I didn't want to live. So maybe when I was about 16, I said, okay, I'm done. So... Um, there was a new bottle of aspirin, about 100, and I took them all. I didn't even think twice. And um, my mom found me, rushed me to the hospital. They had to pump my stomach and all of that. I was really pretty upset that I survived, actually, because um, I was just so tormented inside, very empty, and um, I didn't know what else to do. So when I was in the hospital... Um, a beautiful African-American nurse came to me, and she kind of kept rubbing my head, and she kept telling me about this Jesus. And I had never really heard anybody talk about Jesus like that. And um, she was just very comforting and telling me I have so much to live for. And I felt it, you know, when someone says words, and you're like, I really want to believe this. Is this true? So I just felt a lot of peace. And then um, the next morning, I was asking the nurse on call who, about this nurse. And she said, there is no nurse like that that works here. I don't know what you're talking about. And at the time, I thought maybe I was just going crazy because I really thought I was losing my mind anyway. But later on, I realized she was an angel that Jesus sent to me just for me to tell me about his love and... Anyway, so a few years went on, more just the torment and abuse and everything. And um, it was my senior year. I, um, I was voted shy a senior, but um, really that was because I was really withdrawn and depressed, so people labeled, just labeled me shy. That's not who I am, obviously. Um, so um, my senior year, I go on my, I go on my um, you know, you have a senior trip. I didn't really done anything my senior year, like any of the fun activities, just because um, 
my boyfriend would say, don't, I don't want you doing anything. I don't want you wearing perfume. I want, I want you to dress this way. I don't want you talking to anyone. And I listened to that, and I thought, this is some kind, this, this isn't love, but I don't really have anybody else in my life you know, pouring into me or saying anything else. So um, anyway, so I went on my senior trip, and then uh, I was told I needed to go home. So um, I didn't really know. They didn't tell me why, but when I got home, they told me that uh, he killed himself. And he wrote me this long letter uh, blaming me. Um, He was very depressed, too. Uh, A few days later... Um, no, I'm so sorry. A few days before, the Sunday before the senior trip, on the Sunday, a friend invited me to church. This little Baptist church, Todd's dad was the pastor. So precious, so in love with Jesus. And he, um, the way he talked about Jesus, I said, I want that. And so um, I accepted the Lord that day. My twin was with me. She did as well. And then this happened that weekend. So, um, yeah, God has had his hand on my life, and he, he's so good, and I'm so grateful for what he's done. And I, you know, I, I look at Jesus, and I'm like, wow, I was so broken, and now I'm whole. For all of you, you know, you had a wasteland inside, and now you have a beautiful garden. <laughs> you, um, you were dead inside, and now you're alive. Sometimes we need to go back to remembering what we were and to who we are now, and I have such gratitude for what he's done for me. I'm so grateful. Even tonight as we're worshiping, I'm, I'm just pouring my heart out and saying, Jesus, thank you for saving me. I, I, there were so many times that I should have been dead, and you saved me, and um, he saved us for something, for him. So, yeah, I'm very grateful, and I'm, I'm, I love boasting about what he's done, and um, I'll share about it all day long, what he's done in my life, because it's, he's so good. And I know he's been so good to all of you. You all have your story, so yes. Um, okay, Todd's fancy slide here. <laughs> Where are we at? Okay. Um, yeah, Jesus didn't just save you for from something. He saved you for eternal union with him, and he saved you for great things. You all have such a special call in your lives. Um, you can only get passion by receiving his passion. You know, a lot of times we, we want to pray harder, which praying is wonderful, or we want to do more, be more, but it comes by receiving his passion for you. And he's so passionately in love with you. That's the only way to get it, receiving it first. And I pray tonight that you will go deeper in that, that he, you will feel his passion in a new way. It's the in, internal work of the Spirit. And Todd was singing about tonight. It's believing what it says in Song of Solomon, that I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. I encourage you guys to say that every day when you wake up. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me until you really believe it and you can soak it up on the inside. I heard um, someone recently say this. It was so good that God doesn't want to be studying, studied. He wants to be known. And we can talk about God all day. We can read about him all day. But when it comes down to it, it's about knowing him, knowing him deep on the inside and, and um, connecting with his heart. Yes. 
the nature of God. So we're going to talk about um, his nature a little bit. And he, Jesus loves when we talk about him, especially when we talk about the real nature of God. And as the shack comes out, you're going to see the true nature of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God put on display for the whole world to see. And I'm really excited about that. So it's so important that we know the true nature of God because our behavior is a direct reflection of what we believe who we believe the Father to be. If we're being hard on other people, we probably believe Jesus is being hard on us. So um, that's why it's so important. We know Jesus to be all-powerful, and um, if we don't know his nature, then we can't be certain how he will use his power. But he uses his power to heal. He uses his power to love you. But knowing, knowing um, that he's all-powerful and that he uses his power to heal you um, diminishes that fear that he's, he's out, you know, he's going to hurt you, or maybe you've never known a father who will love you like that. So um, I pray that you would know who he truly, truly is. Knowing who he is takes precedence over our demand for answers and wanting to know um, why he does what he does in our life, because we know he's good. So a lot of times, if you're like me, I have questions, but sometimes you got to lay those questions at the altar and say, God, you're good. I know who you are. I may, may not know why you're doing what you're doing, but I know who you are, and that is enough. So, yes. One thing I know about Jesus is um, I know him to be disarming and um, we got to see an early screening of the shack, and the Jesus displayed in the shack is the Jesus I spend time with all the time. <laughs> so that's why, I, you know, it was so good. And um, he's so disarming. He makes me want to lay all my weapons down when I want to fight, the ways I want to protect myself. Um, he, he does that for us, and um, it's so good. And I know that um, he's going to show you himself that way more and more. I feel like, you know, I know my coping mechanisms when I'm in pain, and I don't want to use them, and I, I don't want them to work, you know, when, he's, when he comes close to me. I don't want to protect myself. I want my heart soft and tender. I don't want that barrier there where I can't feel him fully. He is completely, 100% accessible to you, 100%. How Jesus uh, relates to us personally. And I, you know, I was trying to think of another story, but I just couldn't. So I thought, whatever, this is how Jesus, how I know my Jesus to be, um, is how he related to the woman in adultery in John 8. And we don't have time to read the whole thing, but you all know the story, right? Um, there's some other things here, but I don't think you're going to be able to see these, so I'm going to read it. So the first thing how Jesus related to her was, he wasn't afraid to get messy. He wasn't worried what people thought. He didn't feel like he had to protect his reputation. He got in the dirt with her, and he did it in front of all the religious leaders. That's how Jesus relates to you. He's not afraid to get up in your mess. He's not afraid of your mistakes. In fact, he says, please invite me into that place. The second thing is, his influence in our lives is the fruit of the favor and trust he's built in our relationship with him. So Jesus, here's what he did. I love this about him. 
He challenged the religious leaders first, and then he said, go and sin no more. He didn't start off and say, go and sin no more. He challenged the religious leaders first. And he could only say that to her because he first said, I do not condemn you. I don't condemn you. And because of that, she saw this man will lay his life down in front of these religious leaders, in front of these men who were about to stone me, and he was going to fight for me. And because of that, she said, I want my life transformed. So this is what I want you guys to receive this for yourself. And as you keep going out, you know, it's it's not about... um, pointing out what's wrong in people, and we all know that, but we're getting it in a deeper place because there's going to be people coming in this church that might tweak you a little bit, you know, and, and um, Jesus invites them all in, and he says, he says, I do not condemn you. I love you, and I'm going to defend you in front of everyone here, and then I'm going to challenge you to grow, but let me do that first. Let, me be, let that be my starting off point. The next thing he does is he doesn't love us from a distance. In John 8, it says that he stooped down. He gets up close and personal with us. He gets in the dirt. And so he, um, Jesus so wants to connect with you face-to-face, up close and personal. He doesn't shout at you from the mountaintop. He gets with you right where you're at. He's present with you. So this is the Jesus that I want the world to know. <laughs> And um, so I feel like this in John 8, that this is the Jesus that the world is going to know more and more. He's, he's with us. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there in Psalm 139. I love that. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. He stays present with you, and no matter what you're going through, he, you know, as Bill was talking about um, last week how he, he, it's time to go. It's time, you know, to step into your destiny, and it is. It's, it's both. Jesus is like, I see the end from the beginning, but yet I want to stay present with you. I'm not rushing you along. Let's, let's get you healed up. I'm going to sit with you in the dirt, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to say, come on, daughter. Come on, son. It's time. So he's going to stay present with you through it all. We're going to do something. Todd, will you go? We're going to do something right now. Ooh. Um, (laughs) That's pretty steady, a steady gaze. Um, So while we were away, um, Todd was leading worship, and he was pouring out his heart and so passionate. And um, I I saw the eyes of Jesus, and in his eyes I could see everything, and it was like nothing else mattered. And um, I was, that just set the tone for the rest of the weekend, for the rest of my week. I could look at him all day. I don't want to look away. I just want to look at you, Jesus. So we're going to do that right now. And um, I encourage you, try not to fall asleep. I know sometimes it's good to fall asleep and all that, but I, I, I really want to encourage you to stay engaged right now. So if you need to stretch, I know we didn't greet each other. Stretch a little bit. Stretch, yeah, good stuff. Todd's going to play a little bit, and I encourage you guys to close your eyes right now. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
He's so passionate for you. He loved you. The, he loves you just as much today as he did the first day that you looked at him, the first time that he saved you, that he rescued you, the first time that you said yes to him. So Jesus, I pray right now for each person in here that they would be able to gaze into your eyes right now. And for those of you that are already feeling like, well, I never see anything. Tonight's your night. You're going to see his gaze looking at you. Thank you, Father, that you hold nothing back from each person in here. We want to look into your eyes right now, Jesus. As you look in his eyes, the traffic that the traffic in your head gets silent. He doesn't get uncomfortable and look away. His gaze is so steady on you. Some of you have answers, and the answers that you've been looking for are in his eyes of love for you. The deeper you look, you can see your history with him, how he showed up for you. You're present in eternity with you. There's no time or space in his eyes. And the words are few. If you have questions right now, I encourage you to lay those at the altar and just look in his eyes. Because the silence is loud and clear. It says everything. It conveys more than a million words. eyes of love and approval looking, peering down on us, face to face not down on us, face to face the passion in your eyes, Jesus overwhelms us, let us see the passion in your eyes for us at us. Let the peace fill our hearts, flood our minds. no one else we want to be with, no one else we 
want to spend time with. We can look at you all day. We can spend the whole, all of our lives looking at you, Jesus. You looking back at us. As you look at us, Jesus, I thank you that our hearts are getting softer, more tenderized, the places that we've wanted to protect ourselves soon becomes nothing, Jesus, because you're so safe that you don't push us. You're so patient with us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You can stay there. I'm going to share a little bit more here. I encourage you to um, do that often with him. When you feel your heart starting to get hard, to look into his eyes, and he's so accessible. He's right there. He's right there. So I don't know about you, but when I looked into his eyes, I could feel him um, giving me courage on the inside. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about, the justice of God as we move, move forward. The justice of Jesus is he gives us courage to leave the former things that have prevented us from fully receiving him. And um, it's time to step into that. One thing I've been asking is, Jesus, what story do you want to tell through my life this year? And I pray that Jesus would show you, what does he want to tell through you this year? What story does he want to tell? Is it adventure? Is it a romance? Um, What is it? So the other thing is, Jesus is saying it's time to overcome some of these past challenges that have felt so familiar. As As our hearts are soft, as we're engaging with him, um, the familiarity is, is like stagnant waters. And, and as you look in his eyes, I don't know if, about you, but I could see the free-flowing water. There's a river flowing. And we want to flow in that raw water. We don't want to stay in that place of um, stagnant water. So I want to encourage you guys that um, I really am, am feeling, and I know I got, know God is, is saying this too, that there's a perseverance, there's a courage that's rising up to leave behind some of the former things. Um, In Song of Solomon, it says, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And some of you have felt like you're in the wilderness for a long time, like things have been challenging, but as you look into his eyes, he's he's taking you through, and you're going to walk into your promised land. He's, he's saying, lean on me, lean on me, and we're going to walk through this together. And this is the time. It's not in our own strength. It's not like I'm saying, okay, we've rested long enough, now let's take charge. No, it's, it's looking at him, and he takes us by the hand and pulls us through. But sometimes it takes um, our act of faith and courage to take that first step. God's going to show you a new way of doing things. Um, like I said, there's this familiar way. I know there was something I was struggling with recently, and um, I thought, oh, you know, I kind of went to that thing, and like, oh, yeah, that thing that I struggle with, and I realized, oh, wait, I don't really struggle with that anymore, you know, but it's 
we kind of go there, you know, when we're, um, it was like my go-to, like I felt like it's been there so long, but sometimes you realize, oh wow, you know, that thing was so familiar that I need a new normal. So I pray over you a new normal, a new way of doing things. You're going to sing a new song. You're not going to be stuck anymore. Some of you, I feel like you've had some ailments for like 20 years, um, or maybe you've had some wounds that have been there a really long time. Uh, Jesus is saying, no more. This is a time for you to get your breakthrough. And um, there's so much, I can't explain, put it into words fully, but there's a grace. There's such a grace. Jesus is releasing such a grace this year, right now, that we can grab hold of to push through some things um, with him, depending, completely leaning on him. So I want to encourage you guys with that. And um, Heidi Baker said this, if you don't quit, you win. Don't quit, okay? You guys, it's like this young man I had the word for. You are right there. You're on the edge of your breakthrough. Don't quit now. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. He's there with you. You're gonna, he's going to see you through to the other side. I love talking about justice also. I'm going to tie this all in, the justice of Jesus. Justice is Jesus removing everything that violates or hinders love. It's what Jesus paid for. Um, Isaiah 53, 5, it's what he paid for. It's Jesus getting his inheritance. It's all part of what God's pouring out in the earth, but it starts here with us. It has to start here with us because we can't just jump out there on our own. It's going to begin here with, with you and your heart getting softer and more tenderized. And the justice Jesus has for you, is, is, it's yours to take hold of. He's going to remove everything that has prevented you from um, receiving him fully or from stepping out into your dreams. Now's the time. The other thing is um, our limited understanding of justice pales in comparison to what his justice looks like. You know, we think, oh, justice, they're going to pay. But Jesus' justice is so much better than that. He restores. He heals. That's his justice. So I, I'm declaring that for you. That's who he is. He, he doesn't give justice. He is a man of justice. That's who he is. He can't help but pour it out. It was it one of my favorite scriptures in Amos 5 is that justice is like a flowing water and the stream that flows out. He can't, he can't help but pour it out. And it moves so seamlessly and so gracefully. It, it's not, um, he doesn't strive for justice. So that's how it's going to be poured out in your life, like this, this smooth, beautiful flowing stream in your life. Okay, one more thing. I want to read this scripture over you. This is your charge. Why don't you stand up? Because you've been sitting a while. Let's stand up. Yeah. I love you so much. I, I, I'm so rooting for you. I'm rooting for all of you. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Jesus. So I'm going to declare this scripture. This is Isaiah 28, and it says, Then at last the Lord of heaven's armies will himself be Israel's glorious crown. He will be the pride and joy of the remnant of his people. 
He will give a longing for justice to their judges. He will give great courage to their warriors who stand at the gates. Yeah, I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, thank you for great courage for these warriors. Those, some of you may feel like, I am not a warrior. Jesus says, you are a warrior. Bill Johnson describes it like this. When he's in worship in this restful, peaceful place, he's not warring, he's not doing anything. And then afterwards, Jesus says, you're a man of war. Jesus does all the work, and then he gives us credit and says, you are a man or woman of war. And you are victorious. So we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you for what you've done for our lives, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. We ask right now that you would restore the joy of our salvation, God. Restore the joy of our salvation. When we first looked at you, you saved us from a pit, Jesus. We were dead and now we are alive. We were broken inside, and now we're made whole because of what you did on the cross for us, Jesus. I feel like there's maybe one or two of you who haven't really um, known the love of God, and um, I encourage you right now to receive, if you feel led to come up front here, and let the Father pour out his love on you because he's so good. All you've known is an angry father. He is so different than that. He is so kind and so loving. Jesus, will you pour out your love on us right now? Thank you that you give us great courage to overcome some things. I declare for each person right now a spirit of might on the inner man. A spirit of might to rise up, not doing anything in our own strength, but it's your might and your strength that wells up on the inside of us to overcome those things that we've been struggling with for years and years. If you have back pain, um, I don't know, it's, maybe it's the lower back. Is there anybody who has lower back pain? Yeah. Do you want to come on up front and... Um, I didn't plan very well, but um, maybe the prayer team, if you could come on up and pray for these ones who have lower back pain. Yeah, Jesus, thank you that you heal. We ask for your justice to be poured out over these ones right now, that this affliction that has been on them for so long tonight is your night, and we declare complete healing over you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your tender heart of love and mercy. Let us look into your eyes, Jesus, as we look into those tender eyes of love and mercy. You heal us. Thank you, Father. We tell the pain to go right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus, let's go ahead and raise your hand if you felt a little measure of difference. Oh, good, good. Okay, more, Jesus. More, more, more. Thank you, Father. We ask for a complete finished work, Jesus. All pain to go. We ask that you break the trauma right now, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. I want to do one more thing right now. Um, Let's feel to pray for the men in here. I don't care if you're 18 all the way up to 70. I want to pray for the men. Um, recently, I was talking at this high school, and I was mostly addressing the girls and talking about um, some things that they had gone through, and I had a few boys come up to me and say, Hey, you forgot us. And I said, I, Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. And um, they had been through some things. So I want to pray for the men right now. Jesus, I thank you that these um, men are, um, are your sons. You're raising up fathers, but first you want to teach these men how to be sons. So Father, would you come right now and show them what it looks like to be a son, to receive your love, to receive your protection, to receive um, all you have for them, Father. And I keep feeling there's, there's a lot of young men coming into the kingdom this year. There's a lot of young men. And as you know what it is to be a son and you receive love, I thank you, Father, that you're raising up fathers for the fatherless. I ask right now, Father, that you would... Um, pour out over these men. I hear the Father saying, you have done so well. I am so proud of you, son. You haven't missed the mark. Yeah, thank you, Father. I ask for favor on these men. I ask, Father, that they would um, walk in the fullness of all you have for them. And as a mom, I want to tell you right now, there is nothing you can't do, son. There is nothing you can't do. I release a mother's blessing over you and tell you, you are wonderfully made. And there's things inside of you that um, have been locked up, but the Father is blowing fresh wind on you and saying, rise up, son. Rise up, son. It's your time to shine. Bless you, men. If you could go ahead and um, pick up your kiddos, you can bring them on in to receive. Yeah, there's more. (laughs) Jesus, so um, if any of you have had migraines or bad headaches, I've struggled with migraines for years, and I've determined that no more. And so I'm going after that thing, and I want to pray for you. Does anybody have get regular headaches or migraines, anything like that? Yeah? Okay. 
Well, we declare right now, Father, your healing power. Thank you, Father, that um, this is going to be a headache-free, migraine-free zone. We thank you, Jesus, that your name is above every other name, and your name rises far above headaches and migraines. I don't know how to do the whole Dr. Susan prayer, but uh, Father, (laughs) Holy Spirit, do what you love to do and heal. Thank you, Father. And I, I even pray, Father, that you would take away the fear of that stuff coming on and, and even the, the um, pain of disappointment that many have struggled with because they haven't seen breakthrough in all areas, not just headaches. Whether, whatever healing, whatever breakthrough you're, you've been believing for, I ask God that you would um, break off that pain of disappointment. Thank you, Father, that your mercy is new every morning. Thank you, Father, that we step into um, your newness, newness of life, and we ask for hope to rise up in this room, that hope would rise up, fill up our hope account, God, to believe that you're going to do great and mighty things in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just want to encourage you to come up to the front and soak for a little bit. Let the Father look into your eyes and keep receiving. Bless you in Jesus' name.